Hey guys, welcome to the e-commerce paradise podcast. Today I have a special guest on the show. His name is uh, Daryl. He's with bigflare.com and I'm really excited to talk to him because he is an agency that helps people with their Google shopping ads as well as other types of ads. Welcome to the podcast, Daryl. Thank you very much for having me, Trevor. I'm really excited and happy to be here. Awesome, man. I'm excited to have you on. And yeah, it's definitely um, crazy how e-commerce is evolving these days. There's so much um, that has been put into shopping ads and, and different types of Google ads, but there's so much revenue driven through shopping ads specifically, and um, it's, uh, it really does help drive our business. So that was why I really, really, really wanted to, to have a nice talk with you today. Um, so your agency does a lot of work with all different types of ads, and um, you know, you've, you've grown a lot in the process. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, your agency, how, where it's at now, and like how you got there? Sure. Um, so as I was just saying to you earlier, we've gone through quite a few different evolutions as an agency. So right now, Big Flare is, uh, and forevermore will be, I think by this point, an e-commerce focused agency. We do, and we specialize in e-commerce growth. So, uh, we e-commerce growth through PPC. So we are all PPC geeks. We do digital advertising. Our strongest channels are uh, Google AdWords, uh, especially shopping within Google ads. And then Facebook ads as well, retargeting, uh, display network as well for, for clients that warrant that kind of advertising. But yeah, we've been through a lot of different evolutions. It's been a bit of a up and down journey. Like we were at one point a lead gen focused agency and uh, we were more like we were a Facebook ads specialist agency for a little while as well. And um, we've sort of dipped our toe in the water of a lot of different advertising channels. Uh, I, I myself come from uh, a sort of background specializing uh, particularly in PPC and the Google Display Network. Um, and it took us a while to find our feet, but yeah, I think, I think we found it now. Like e-commerce is definitely where it's at for us. So where we're at now is specializing in small to mid-sized businesses uh, who want to grow their e-commerce stores aggressively and are you know, willing to spend budget on uh, advertising dollars in order to achieve that. Awesome. Yeah, I think, honestly, Google ads can be very confusing. Um, I know when I first got into them, uh, I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I fumbled around a lot. Mm. And it wasn't until I took some courses and, and watched some YouTube videos that I kind of learned sort of how they work. And then um, more recently, within like the last three or four months, I learned a really good funnel method using Google Shopping ads, which I now teach in the course. But um, it wasn't until then that I really figured it out. Um, and even now, there's so much cool data that you get through Google um, ads and all different types mm. uh, that like it's just really, really, really fascinating to, lo to look at all the data yeah. you can get through them. Um, You're right. It is very, it is very complicated, and it's. Uh, I'm kind of glad it's complicated because if it if it was easy, I wouldn't have a job. You know, the the fact that it's not easy to just pick up straight away and make a ton of money is what makes my living possible. Like it's what enables people like me to just specialize in Google Ads and Google Shopping, and you know, make profit for our clients and earn an income ourselves um, from doing that. Because like, if you're running a business. If you're running a drop shipping uh, or e-commerce business, you've got a million and one things that you need to do. You're juggling many balls. You probably don't have the time to read everything that's released, every note and blog article that's released about all the latest updates in Google Ads. And there are a lot. So I can totally understand like, where you're coming from. You're not someone who specializes in Google Ads full time. So it can definitely be confusing if you're not sort of geeking out on uh, Google AdWords blog updates like multiple times a day like uh, me and my team are. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, if you just look at the audience of this podcast, it's mostly people doing e-commerce, high-ticket dropshipping. We're we, we're entrepreneurs, and entrepreneurs have to wear multiple hats, as you know. Um, but of course, running the entire store and doing the ads ourselves is crazy because you have to deal with um, all the nuances of the website, and then you have to deal, try to figure out the ads, and then you also have to deal with customer services. <laughs> so, yeah. um, having, so having too um, many goals to juggle. Exactly. Um, but having ad agencies with you um, to help out with that kind of stuff is awesome. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Before someone becomes like your ideal client, though, someone who's ready to take on your services, um, what kind of tips can you offer them uh, to improve their ad campaign so that they start seeing conversions and, and ROI on their ads? Sure. Are we talking about Google Shopping specifically now or Google Ads in general? or? Yeah, I guess shopping specific. I, you know what? Like, there's so much revenue driven through shopping. It's it's almost just like eighty twenty these days <laughs> for e-commerce. Yeah, yeah. I, I do agree that Google Shopping is eighty twenty of your e-commerce campaign. If you're just going to focus on doing and learning and mastering one thing, and you're uh, an e-commerce brand, you should probably spend that time learning and mastering Google Shopping. Um, and it's actually once once you've got the hang of it, once you know how to create a product feed, once you know how to uh, link that product feed to Google Merchant Center and link Google Merchant Center to uh, AdWords, or should I call it Google Ads now since the rebrand, uh, but once you know these sort of fundamental technical setup things, it's actually quite easy to get going on Google Shopping. So uh, it, you could probably master Google Shopping quicker than you could um, Google Search, like the standard text ads. And then the upside potential for it is, is quite high as well, depending on what niche you're in uh, within e-commerce. Specific tips, um, I think one thing that uh, doesn't get talked about enough with Google Shopping ads is price optimization. So you go out on the web, you, you read all the, all the blog articles, you read all the news out there and all the recommendations about what should you do uh, to get your Google Shopping campaign working really, really well. People tell you the standard stuff, like this is how you do bid optimization, this is how uh, uh, titles are really important, you've got to get your keywords into your product titles and optimize your keywords in your feed. What is often missed, though, is the importance in price and how much of an impact that can have on the amount of impressions you get. So it's so, like uh, Creolytics, um, a, uh, a sort of competitor of ours, uh, but they, they also do specialize a lot in uh, Google Shopping. They did a really great study where they actually just split tested. Um, they, they have a, a shopping feed management app uh, and they manage through that app, they get the access to the data for thousands of uh, different product feeds and different e-commerce stores. And they did a bit of split testing. They analyzed things and they analyzed, well, how much of an impact does it make if you just change the keywords in the product title and you take all the keywords out of the product title and you just make a really random product title that makes no sense? And what happens if you do the same with the description? And then importantly, they also figured out what happens if you change the price even by a small amount. And one of the tests they did was uh, decreasing or increasing the price by 5%. And they found that it was, you don't, quote me directly on these stats, uh, but it was somewhere in the region of a 5% increase in price would drop your traffic by 60%. So uh, what they found basically was that Google Shopping is incredibly sensitive to price. And people don't often think about this when they're trying to maximize their impression volume on Google Shopping. But perhaps if you're struggling to get impressions in Google Shopping, you should try just 
tweaking your price. A small drop in price, if, you're, if you are the cheapest option in Google Shopping, uh, you will usually get by far the most amount of traffic. So perhaps, of course your profit margins would take a hit if you tweak the price down. However, your traffic might go through the roof if you're, if you're currently a little bit more expensive than your competitors and if your traffic is currently a bit low from Google Shopping. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing I could, the, the biggest sort of tip that you might not see in a lot of other places that I could offer is experiment with your price. Little tweaks up, little tweaks down uh, could have a dramatic impact on the amount of traffic you get from it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, especially when people comparison shopping online. If they see one product at a thousand and the other ones at like nine ninety seven, they're obviously going to kick nine ninety seven. I mean, it's obvious you, you're saving three bucks. So. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's why Google is so sensitive um, in their algorithm to uh, whichever competitor in a particular niche is the lowest price because they know that the users who are clicking on those ads are sensitive, and they know that the ad with the lowest price is going to get the highest click-through rate and so that's why they're much more likely to show your product versus your competitor's product if it has even a slightly lower price. Yeah, it's, that's interesting. It, it's interesting because in high-ticket dropshipping specifically, you're selling expensive products. A lot of these manufacturers, they want to have a, a map policy in place where you um, have a minimum advertised price. And yet in a lot of these industries and niches, um, you'll find stores, um, you know, especially the older ones, who over time um, have gotten really used to doing price drops and they'll do them temporarily probably work with some sort of a uh, feed or ad agency that manages this stuff for them but they'll do minute they'll do small price drops like you were mentioning five percent um makes a big difference and they'll do little things like that um to get more click-through rate and make more sales and i noticed you know that whenever we notice a, a downtrend in our sales over a week or so like that and we start searching out our competitors and seeing what we're doing across the board that it happens to be that a lot, a lot of the times it includes our competitors lowering their prices below map price. Mm. Um, and we have to, we have to report them, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> what else are you going to do? Like these guys know that yeah. price makes a big difference when people are shopping. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very competitive world in, in uh, Google shopping. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, price does make a, a big difference. Um, so there's kind of a balancing act there, isn't there? Like on, on the one hand, you want the traffic. On the second hand, it's dangerous because it can be a race to the bottom in terms of pricing. But uh, that's why I recommend just experimenting. Um, like you know, try, try a 5% decrease this week or try, try a 5% increase. See how much your traffic drops or if it doesn't drop at all, then great. Um, but do I, I do think you should think of price as just another variable that you can optimize, tweak, and test uh, in your shopping campaign, uh, which is, uh, in my experience, talking to a lot of e-commerce companies, a lot of them don't sort of think of it that way. They think of it as the price is set, and it's everything else we've got to tweak and test to get this working. Makes sense. And you were also mentioning um, that a lot of the um, optimization stuff has to do with the product title and the description. Like if you add more keywords or if you add more content, does that make a big effect on your ability to be shown above competitors without having a bid higher, that kind of thing? Do you see that often? Uh, yeah, having the correct keywords in your product title will have a big effect on making sure you show up at all on those keywords. Like if you don't, you know, if you sell, uh, I don't know, 
Nike trainers and you don't have the keyword Nike trainers in your product title, then you really reduce the chance that your shopping ads are going to show up when someone types in Nike trainers. But if you already have Nike train, if you already have the most important keywords in your product title, um, and I wouldn't worry too much about your product description. Um, I'd really just worry about your product title. Uh, like tests and studies have shown that product description makes a minimal impact on the amount of impressions you actually get, whereas product title actually does make a big impact. Uh, so yeah, the main thing is just making sure you have the key, the, the most important keywords in your uh, product title, and then. With regards to, uh, and lots of competitors might have those keywords in your product title. So then it goes down to the Google algorithm as to whether or not you get shown above your competitor or whether you get shown at all or whether like five of your competitors get shown instead. Um, and then in that decision, price is the biggest factor. Uh, I think price makes up about 60% of that decision. Uh, other factors are important too, uh, and that's where things like uh, your product reviews are going to come into play, um, your and your seller ratings as well, um, and then anything else you can add in to try and make your offer more attractive versus your competitors. So, um, something that's underutilized in shopping by a lot of e-commerce stores are the various Google Merchant Center programs you can set up. So, for example. Google Merchant Center promotions. Uh, when I search on Google for products that I know are gonna, search, gonna trigger shopping ads, I'd say about, just anecdotally, 80 to 90% of e-commerce stores that I see do not have Google Merchant Center promotions set up. Google Merchant Center promotions are, it's a free program in Google Merchant Center. You can log into Google Merchant Center right now if you if you have a, an account and you can go to the program section and you can click, I want to do Google Merchant Center promotions. It's like a form you have to fill out and uh, you have to express your interest in it and you wait a while and then you get accepted. Um, and that enables you to put in special offers and promotions onto your shopping ad. Uh, and seeing as about 80% of e-commerce brands aren't doing this, I sort of, anecdotal observations, but you can verify this yourself. Just search for some searches uh, that you know are going to trigger Google Shopping ads. See how many of them have the special offer link on the ad. Uh, depending on the niche, it's going to be, you're going to observe that most of them don't. So little things like that can help you stand out uh, amongst the competition. Uh, the Google Merchant Center programs page, uh, you go to the menu section in Google Merchant Center. Uh, and it's just called Merchant Center Programs. There's about six different programs there. I just recommend you set up every single program that you're able to, uh, because each one of them is just a, uh, a leg up uh, you've got versus your competitor. I mean, you won't be able to set up all of them. Like for example, one of them is called Local Inventory Ads, and that is really for, for uh, sort of more retailers who have stores around the country and it enables you to uh, upload your store inventory to Google Shopping, and then people who are within distance of your store will be able to see if that product is available in a nearby store. Um, so not everyone's gonna be able to do every single Merchant Center program. I, I imagine a lot of the people listening to this podcast probably won't have a lot of brick and mortar stores, so you won't be able to do local inventory ads, but there are about six programs in that section of Google Merchant Center, and every single program you can set up is potentially a program that your competitor didn't set up and something that will help you get um, a more attractive ad uh, 
showing on the Google shopping results. I agree, man. A hundred percent. The, um, the, the merchant center promotion for the, for the discount works really well. And, uh, yeah. yeah, you have to obviously make sure you have a shipping policy in there and your taxes all set up and stuff like that so that it shows properly. Um, but yeah, that, that definitely helps your CTR. It's been helping our yeah. CTR for quite some time now. Um, do you have any maybe tips for like people that, um, sell a wide variety of products? I um, mean, you know, like online retailers and want to maybe optimize for getting like clicks on more products. Is it just a matter of like optimizing your bids, like bidding higher on products that don't get um, as many clicks or um, is there something else at play here that, you know, it's kind of. Yeah. Um, okay. Learn about impression shares and how those relate to your bids. A big mistake that I see in a lot of shopping campaigns is, uh, Okay, so you've got a shopping campaign that's doing really well. Um, like maybe you only need to make a 300% ROAS return over ad spends, like revenue over ad spend ratio. Maybe you only need to make a three to one over ad spend ratio, but this campaign is doing awesome. It's doing like a six to one ratio. So everyone's like, yeah, brilliant. Our bids are great because we're getting way above our performance target. But if you tease out the data, if you add in those extra columns in AdWords that aren't added by default, and the columns that I'm talking about right now are your search impression share and your search impression share lost due to rank and your search impression share lost due to budget. Three columns, really important to master and understand if you want to bid properly within Google Shopping. So what these columns tell you, search impression share, the first one, that tells you what share of market you are getting. So you like if you're getting 100% search impression share, that means every time you could show an ad, you are showing an ad. So you're just totally dominating the market if you're getting 100% search impression share. Now, that's not always going to be possible. You're usually going to be losing out on some market share. And the next two columns tell you why. So the first column is uh, search impression share lost due to rank. Um, I think in AdWords, it's just called lost search IS brackets rank. And that, what that one basically means is how much market share are you losing due to low bids? So that's a really important one to know because sometimes, right, you see these campaigns, these shopping campaigns um, that are being run by people who don't understand this metric. And what they're doing is they have a great, they have a great CPA or they have a great ROAS. The performance is awesome. You know, they're spending $1 in ads and getting $10 back in return or what have you. And it's way above their minimum performance target but they're only getting a 10% search impression share and 90% of their search impressions are being lost due to having low bids. And if you raise those bids and allow your performance to drop, you'll get a lot more volume. So there's a trade-off in AdWords between volume and performance. And you need to understand that if you're going to optimize your bids to the perfect point. Yes, it's great to have really strong performance, a really low CPA and a really high ROAS. But if you, have a, if you have great performance, you might be limiting your bids. In, in order to achieve that performance, you have to keep your costs low. To keep your costs low, you have to bid low. If you bid low, you might be missing out on a lot of search impressions because your competitors are bidding higher. So understand the search impression share columns and use those columns when you're deciding where to bid. Um, and if your performance is really, really great, way above uh, your minimum profitable level of performance, then check your impression share columns and just make sure you're maximizing them because you might be missing out on a lot of market share due to your bids being so low. 
Great advice, man. You guys, you listening to this, this is the gold right here, optimizing your shopping campaigns. Because once you get started, you can dig into the data and you can start optimizing for, you know, CTR. You can optimize for search impressions. So you can optimize for conversions. You can look through all your campaigns and see which ones are pulling the most ROAS and, and go more into your website. And you can optimize the products that are getting the most CTR and optimize what's getting conversions and stuff like that. You can create content, other channels for those sorts of things. There's all sorts of ways you can scale using this kind of data that Daryl's talking about. Um, I guess lastly, um, one of the biggest deals with shopping ads that people have to um, confront is negative keywords and search terms um, because obviously they work the opposite of uh, search text ads. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit and maybe how you, um, how you use negative keywords um, to optimize your ads and stuff like that and what data you can pull out of sure. the search terms? Sure. Um, so compared to normal search, I think shopping is pretty good at not giving you tons of junk keywords. Um, so in search, you have a, a keyword match type option that's called broad match that a lot of people use sort of erroneously. It, it just matches you to tons of unrelated crap that you don't want. Um, but shopping is pretty good in that um, it seems to use a more sort of target. It seems to be used something closer to phrase match or broad match modified, which means that most of the search terms that you see shop showing up in your shopping campaign are going to be related to keywords that are in your product feed. So the importance of negative keywords is not as high in shopping as I think it is in uh, normal search. However, you should still be checking your search terms all the time and adding negative keywords for stuff that pops up that is just not relevant to the things that you sell. Uh, so the way I see it, there are two types of negative keywords and you should be adding these types of negative keywords with a, on, on a fairly regular basis, at least weekly, ideally. Um, so the, the first type is the negative keyword that is just for some that just is for something that's not relevant to you at all. Maybe it is uh, for some sort of product that you don't stock. Like for example, um, we have a client that uh, sells uh, sleeping masks, and we were getting loads of search terms for cat masks on, on, on their shopping campaigns. Like people looking for like uh, a sleeping mask, but with the cat design on the front. So like of course, like that. That's the kind of negative keyword that's just so obviously for something that you don't sell, you should just block it from your entire account. There's another type of negative keyword that you should be adding that's important, um, that gets missed sometimes. And I like to call that sculpting negative keywords. So that is where um, it, it's, it, it is a thing that you sell, but you want to control which product shows, which ad shows when someone types that in. And this, for shopping, this is really dependent on your account structure. So uh, I recommend uh, what we call a SPAG, uh, a single product ad group structure for shopping, which means every product in your feed has its own ad group. Now, the reason why this is important is because that allows you to add negative keywords to individual products. So that means, um, like, let's say you sell protein powders. And you've got 10 protein powders, and one of them is just so much more profitable than mine. Now, when someone types in whey protein powder, which product do you want to show up? Do you want your best seller to show up, or do you want one of the other nine crappy sellers to show up? Obviously, you want your best seller to show up. So that, that is where sculpting negative keywords 
come into play. Um, that is where uh, the single product ad group structure comes into play because in that structure, each 10 of those protein powders that you sell will have its own ad group, which means that you can uh, negative match protein powder to the other nine ad groups for the products that are lower sellers. And that way you sculpt the traffic into your top selling product ad group. Um, so yeah, key, uh, keyword sculpting, I like to call it, is when you're adding negatives to the lower selling products to try and control where the search traffic goes for things that you do actually sell. Very cool insights. I like that a lot. <laughs> I might have to give that a try on my campaigns. I don't, I don't actually do that right now. I just have one ad group. And uh, what I usually do is just change the bids uh, per product. And then we, I mean, it's a little bit different selling high ticket products. And of course, it's also different depending on the niche. Like, um, you know, one, one, like, basically like a dining room table could be completely different from like a bicycle, for instance, as far as like what keywords to target and stuff like that and what keywords people are searching for even. So, um, yeah, so, you know, there's all sorts of cool stuff to dive into, um, with shopping ads. I think we've actually covered a lot of it though. <laughs> it's, kinda, it's not that, it's not that complicated. It's, it's just a little bit hard to learn in the very beginning. Right. I mean, that's what kind of, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's intimidating to learn at the very beginning. I think there lot left to master in shopping than there is in a lot of other forms of online advertising. Yeah, so yeah. it is kind of the 80-20 of e-commerce right now, I think. Yep, and, and yet it drives, on, exactly. it drives so much, so much revenue, man. It's crazy. And, and I think, honestly, the reason why, it's at the top of the search uh, engines results page. It has a picture, it has the, the title, and it has a price and an offer. I mean, there's, there's, it's just a no-brainer. People are going to click on those first, you know? So yeah, yeah. I mean, it does, it's dependent on the niche though. I would put in that caveat. I have seen some niches that just don't work well for shopping. So experiment with it, try it out, see if you're one of those niches that actually works uh, with Google shopping. Um, and if, if it does, if you get traffic from it, then yeah, double down on that. But um, I have seen some stuff that doesn't work well with Google shopping. Like one recent example that comes to mind is um, expensive jewelry products. Um, but like we've tried a few of that kind of, uh, brands, uh, that sort of does high end, uh, jewelry and it's just never really worked that well. Um, I, I don't know why I think it's possibly jewelry is one of those things that people prefer to hold in their hand and, and, and like if it's expensive jewelry, they prefer to hold it in their hand and really feel it and view it before, you know, they spend a few thousand bucks on, on this, um, piece of bling um but yeah it's, it's dependent on the niche I, but i'd say maybe 75 percent of e-commerce niches right now are working really really well on shopping and maybe 25 percent don't i don't know the exact numbers that's just my feeling based on the clients that i talk to but definitely give it a go yeah see see if it works for you and your brand cool man and so if people um are either doing shopping already and they want an ad agency to manage it or optimize it for them or maybe they just want to get into it and test it out and hang and have the help of an agency um where can people find you um to get help on that kind of a thing uh yeah sure so i have uh two websites uh darylmander.com is my uh, personal consulting website but my main website is my if you just search my name darylmander uh it will probably come up with both those sites or if you search my company site big flare uh, that's our that's our agency site that's the best place to reach me on um so yeah those, those are my two places to find me online if, if you need a, any further help or have any other questions about any of this stuff awesome man well thank you so much for being so generous with the knowledge and the tips and advice 
Um, you guys listening to this, um, I'll leave the description, uh, or the links to his websites in the description. So you can click those below. If you're on, uh, listening on the podcast right now, um, definitely check back on the YouTube channel and uh, click those links and go check out Daryl's service. So yeah, Daryl, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Cool, man.